Want to get the edge with your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. You combine betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers' value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to EPL Insights. This is your premier Pinnacle podcast for what? Yes, the English Premier League. Gareth Wheeler and Jake Osgathorpe with you. Our data provided by and powered by InfoGoal as per usual. Our final podcast of 2022 as we turn the page on a new year, but it's a busy time for fixtures. And we're going to dive into it uh, once again here today. Jake, how are you? We're both coming off very good weeks from the Boxing Day fixture list. Um, nine of the ten games have been played at the time of recording here. We're still waiting for Leeds and City to play out, but a very successful league as we're back in full swing in terms of Premier League action. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't have gone much better, really, could it? Um, I think one of my main kind of sceptical thoughts heading into this restart was the fact that you know, some people treating it as a completely new start to the season. So not quite throwing the data that we've got for the first half out the window, but doing some similar. And and I think, you know, I basically made all my picks based on the trends pre-World Cup. And they kind of went as I expected in terms of how the trends were showing me based on the underlying data. So that was really positive, um, particularly for not just last week, but also for the upcoming weeks. The fact that we can still rely on that data, that things haven't changed drastically um, over uh, that month off. I mean, they could still change. I know it's, it's only a small sample size of one game week, but from what we saw, you know, the, the simple storylines of Liverpool looking really good in attack, but seemingly still can't defend. Manchester United looking much better from an attacking perspective and also looking solid at the back. Um, Brighton, they continue to look pretty hot. Arsenal, even without Jesus, creating plenty of good chances. Um, so, you know, the, the, those kind of lines that we were used to seeing pre-World Cup seemingly still there some some trends continue in terms of areas for success Brentford at home has been very good all season long uh, made it interesting going up 2-0 Spurs fighting back for a 2-0 well, we were counting the money weren't we with 2-0 I, we I was like 0.5 what a way to start the week that's what I was yeah. thinking but then it backed up <laughs> Newcastle again continue to be a winner in terms of bet uh in terms of uh, betting plays Still undervalued for me in the market, which is incredible. Fulham overs in games that they play in. It's absolutely cash. You were on Wolves. Uh, you're, you're on that as well. They left it very, very late, but it would have played anyways at a plus 0.25 handicap. But the outright win was a nice play as well. And you're on it. Manchester United as well. I was a little bit skeptical like, because sometimes it looks like they can't finish their lunch, but they they did end up getting there and ended up winning three goals to nil as well. Anything yeah. that played out for you that was a little bit of a surprise over the course of these first group of fixtures? Um, well, I, I mean, one of my, I guess you could say, favourite based on the prices plays, Palace to beat Fulham. Didn't go to plan, obviously. They went down early, I think, after half an hour and then Man sent off straight after that uh, and then another red card. So that was pretty much game over on that one. Not too sure how much we can learn from that game, for particularly from a Palace perspective. I think Fulham did what we would have expected playing against nine men, which was kind of, you know, step on the throat, don't let them get back up. Um, yeah, Everton continue to look pretty poor um, to the point where I'm not sure how much longer Frank Lampard is going to be in a job. Uh, anything else really? It, like I say, it kind of all went as I pretty much expected and anticipated. I, I thought 
I was surprised that Villa was so gung-ho in their approach against Liverpool. Um, I thought they'd try and play it a little bit tighter given the success they'd had against Brighton and Manchester United by being tough to beat. Um, but they played really wide open for some reason and Liverpool just created an abundance of chances. So I guess that was probably the, the biggest surprise to me is, if, is that just Villa's approach. Um, and I'd be really interested to see what they do this week because they've got another you know big six team, if you like, in the sense of travelling away to Tottenham. So, yeah, a bit of a baptism of fire for Emery. Brighton, Man United, Liverpool and Spurs, first four league games. Uh, you can find the best odds on Pinnacle.com. It was a great week for the favourites, which means it was a great week for the public as well. All favourites won except for that Brentford Spurs draw. Well, you know, we kind of pinpointed there'd be some value with the home side there. Palace Fulham. Palace weren't a massive favourite there, but you're right. The cards kind of threw things out of whack. And Everton somehow were a little bit of a favor over Wolves. Other than that, all the big dogs went out and won. And I, I, I guess the thing that stood out the most from the match week 17, Jake, was the fact that eight of the nine games played up until this point went over two and a half goals. The only match that went the under was a Chelsea 2-0 victory over Bournemouth. Can, can you kind of learn anything from that? We documented it during the World Cup about how over in the goal totals, you know, based on the style of play, uh, we're, we're coming through for the public as well. But what do you make of this? Is this a trend or was this kind of an, an anomaly, what we experienced last match week? Um, I, I think it's a bit of a long-term trend. The Premier League goals or the average goals in a Premier League game is slightly on the up from last season. And I think that's purely because we've not got really any teams in the league that just sit back and try and defend. You know, we, we don't have a, you know, Burnley of 2016 or, you know, a West Brom under Sam Hart. Those kind of teams that just, we don't have them anymore. There's no one in the league that's just going to sit back and try and hit you on the counter-attack and just race at the try and win 1-0. Everyone's um, fancying the chance of going toe-to-toe with with their opponents. And I think last game, we, we there was a lot of good matchups for goals. Um, you know, you've got Brentford Spurs. Spurs, they've now conceded two goals in all the last six league matches. So it was no surprise to see them involved in quite a lot of uh, in quite high scoring game. Leicester at home are a completely different team to playing when playing away from home defensively and offensively. So we know what Newcastle can do going forward. So it wasn't a surprise to see them rack up the goals. I guess the biggest surprises for me from a goals perspective was Southampton and Brighton um and the Everton Wolves game. The first Brighton well, we never see them outperform their XG. Uh, they've done that <laughs> three goals from 0.9 expected goals. That, it was just a clinical display. Um, and then Everton Wolves, I think I, I was pretty much along with the majority expecting Lopetegui's team to be difficult to beat, create few chances themselves, but also limit Everton to few chances. Uh, and again, it was just, it was I think it was two big chances apiece, so four big chances in total, um, and Wolves took both of theirs, which was the difference in, in sending that one over. Um, yeah, as for the rest, you know, I think we, we were talking beforehand, weren't we, about Chelsea Bournemouth. We were both on Chelsea post-podcast um, in different kind of guises, and as soon as it, Chelsea went to up, it felt like it was just cruise control. And then, you know, Bournemouth aren't best going forward. Chelsea aren't the type of team to go and really go for the kill. So, um, yeah, uh, obviously we've got the City Leeds game as well, which could add another overs to the to the total. And um, yeah, that that I, I I think I think it's not a trend that will continue to this extent, but I think we'll continue to see quite a few high scoring games throughout the game weeks. Maybe not eight out of nine or, or however many we finish with this time around. But at least, at least over fifty percent. You're right. Uh, Post podcast, Pinnacle, the shop, the sharpest book in market. You're going to find the best odds there. And my eyes, you know, kind of, 
uh, bulged and, and, and just picked up on Chelsea uh, to nil to beat Bournemouth at plus 133. I jumped all over that. I couldn't say no. Didn't originally have that play on the podcast. So make sure that you uh, stay on Pinnacle and make sure that you are well aware of the odds that are at your disposal each and every game week in the Premier League. Should we get at it this week? Match week 18. Uh, These games are right around New Year's, the 30th, the 31st, as well as New Year's Day. And as we do every week, we'll do our feature five and then go rapid fire for the final five games of the week. So let's kick on. Let's dig in and let's start off with sixth place Liverpool and 13th place Leicester City. Liverpool 3-1, a pretty thorough dismantling of Aston Villa, although the XG was relatively close in that game. But the game featured more misses by Nunez and more goals by Mo Salah. I mean, this is a recurring theme. And they had an XG of 3.19 in that game. Three Premier League wins in a row now for Liverpool. However, they've conceded goals in their last five games. Still the best XG in the league and the best XG at home. They've gone over 2.5 goals in four or five in all competitions and three wins in a row at home after the loss to Leeds United. With the signing of Cody Gakpo, kind of the writing's on the wall. Roberto Firmino will most likely be on his way out. He is out this weekend as well. James Milner on the shelf as well through injury. Leicester City smashed 3-0 at home to Newcastle. They only gave up three goals in their eight games prior to that. James Madison, a massive miss. He was out with a knee. He didn't play. Still, despite that loss, uh, Leicester City first to score in six of eight, first half winner in six of eight as well. Head-to-head, both with a home win to nil last season against one another. They've gone over two and a half goals in five of their last seven meetings. And Liverpool scored first in seven of nine. No surprise here that Liverpool is the favorite in this game uh, by a considerable margin. Minus 316, plus 512 for the draw, plus 817 for a Leicester City win. The spread is set at uh, a goal and a half at minus 121 for the over. And the match total at 3.25, minus 107 for the over, minus 105 for the under. Uh, two sides to... At oftentimes are disaster defensively, then both have players in attack that look stand out at times, although the finish isn't always there. Uh, what do you make of this game? What do you make of these teams, Jake? Well, I think we could be in for a bit of a cracker. Um, we're talking about games that might feature a lot of goals. I think this could be one of them this game week. Um, yeah, I mean, Liverpool, you know, you've, you've laid it on a plate nicely for me there. They're, they are the best attacking team in the league. Um, based on expected goals at home, their average rises to 2.6 expected goals for per game, which is you know similar level to what we saw last season. So they have no problems creating the chances. Um, you know they're playing the Leicester team, who surprisingly they are they are twice, nearly twice as potent when travelling away from home than when they are playing at the King Power. So the KP they're averaging 0.7 expected goals for per game uh, away from home. They're averaging 1.4. So. Like we'll try and work that out. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a team that's that's kind of really struggled that much to create chances at home compared to when they're playing away from home. Um, so you've got two two attack or two teams that are in kind of the um comfort zones, if you like. Liverpool clearly like playing at home, Leicester clearly like playing away from an attacking perspective. Um, but you know, the flip side, you've got a Liverpool team who seventh worst defense in the in the league based on expected goals, 1.66 expected goals against per game. Leicester are the 10th worst 
Um, uh, and, you know, away from home, the Foxes, they're allowing nearly two expected goals against per game. Liverpool at home, 1.4 expected goals against per game. So you've got two teams who can't defend and are pretty good at attack in these particular like matchups. Liverpool at home, Leicester away. You look at, you know, that's the underlying data. So that's the deep stuff. You just look at the raw data. Um, and Liverpool have scored in 100% of their home matches. Leicester have scored in 100% of their away matches. Both teams have scored landed in 63% of Liverpool home matches and Leicester's 63% of their away matches. So both teams to score at minus 123 has got to be one of the best bets of the weekend, in my opinion. I think it's an absolute cracker. Uh, and the minus 123 you're getting on Pinnacle is actually the best price I've seen across any bookmaker, um, even across the pond in the UK. Um, so that's a that's a top industry top price as far as I'm aware. I think that should be gobbled up. I really do. I think that's a uh, one of the best bets you'll see this weekend. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think I can say too much else other than the fact that expect plenty of goals. Um, let me ask you, James Madison, if he's out, does that change the way that you approach things from a Leicester City attacking perspective? Um, not really, no. Um, I, I know you rate Madison quite highly. I personally don't. I think he's a bit of a long shot merchant. Um, you know, he'll score a wonder goal and everyone goes, oh, that's brilliant. But actually, um, you know, I'd like to see the ball moving a little bit more and trying to create a bigger chance rather than taking a pot shot from distance. So sometimes it obviously it's a help because, you know, you need moments of magic to kind of get you out of trouble. But sometimes it can be, you know, a bit of a hindrance in the sense that it, you, you might overlook a pass to put someone else in a better position. Um, he's a good player, don't get me wrong. I just think personally his his shot map, when I look at his shot map, he takes too, too many attempts from distance for my liking. And yeah, I, I think when, when when we're looking at particularly Leicester's attack, I, I'm not too concerned about who plays because they're playing against this Liverpool defence. Um, and, you know, this Liverpool defence is, you know, there's every chance it's going to be makeshift. Uh, the midfield might be makeshift as well after picking up a couple more injuries. Um, and even if they're full strength, they're, they've shown that they're over a long period of time that they're really struggling to defend and keep um, keep their opponents out, whether that be at home or away from home. I mean, Aston Villa put up 1.7 expected goals against them last week, which is pretty much their average for the season. Um, Southampton managed 1.5 last uh, before the World Cup at Anfield. Spurs managed over two expected goals. Leeds managed 1.7 against them at Anfield. So you can see a recurring theme, like Nottingham Forest 2.4, West Ham 2.6. Um, Arsenal 2.6. So th there's a recurring theme of just the fact that Liverpool can't keep their opponents out. Um, so, you know, I think at the start of this season, I was back in Manchester City, or both teams scoring mo most of Manchester City's matches for the same reason. Um, and I just think this price is just too big. Um, it should be gobbled up. It should be a lot shorter, um, in my opinion, and, you know, probably would make it around minus 150. So minus 123 just seems like a huge price. Um, yeah. The um, look, if you're any side that's playing Liverpool, you attack Liverpool's right hand side. Like Alexander Arnold simply cannot defend, and there isn't enough legs in the midfield to, to go in and protect him. They can bring in Gakpo, and I, I understand making that move, but this doesn't solve their problems. They need some legs in that midfield, and if not, they're never going to be the side that many expected them to be. With that being said, I will make a small play. 
on Liverpool to cover the spread of a goal and a half at minus 121 in this game. And that's more to do with Leicester City than anything else. Of course, Anfield factor, that plays into Liverpool's hands as well. But the more I look at this Leicester City team, the more I'm thinking that they just hit a good run of form heading into the break. And now they're back to normal service. This team that looked absolutely a mile off it at the start of the season. Too many injuries at the back. I don't know your thoughts on Tielemans. He looks completely a shadow of the player that he was a few years back. Just he's a giveaway machine in the middle of the park. Like there's there, there, and, and positionally speaking, there's no discipline in this team as well. I will say I, I I like your play of both teams to score as well. Let's take it a step further and let's go a Harvey Barnes goal to be scored at plus 629 for a very small play here. I think it's worth the, worth the punt. Honestly, like Brendan Rodgers knows what's up. Uh, going to Anfield, he's going to try to exploit any weakness in this Liverpool side. Barnes v. Alexander-Arnold down that left or right-hand side. Barnes is had a decent season, I think. I think he's a crafty player, and I think he can take, take advantage of that. I, I don't typically go for the goal scorer. Um, plays it's not my the, the typical way I do things but I think it's worth it at plus 629 if there's a player in this side that's going to score a goal why not Harvey Barnes so th- those are two very small plays for me in this game no I was just gonna say I, I don't mind either of those those bets at all I, I've previewed the game for our site on uh Liverpool Leicester and yeah I I picked both teams to score but pre- previous to that I had Liverpool coming the handicap um as a bet so that that's we're kind of on the same thought path there the other bet I've got in the preview is actually don't laugh Darwin Nunes to score any time <laughs> everyone's jumping on the va- on the back of a player who you know is yes he's missing chances but at least he's getting on the chances you have to be in the right position to score a goal uh, you know, I'd be much more concerned about him as a player if he was having two shots a game and they were coming from outside the box. He's having six shots a game and they're all coming within the 12-yard box, uh, within 12 yards. That That's a really positive sign. And, um, you know, I, I, plus 123, I think that's a too big a number, personally. I think he should be closer to around the even money mark to score here. It's a game that obviously the, the market's expecting a lot of goals. The over the over underlines at what, 3.25? So we're expecting goals. Um, and then you look at, his underlying numbers and they are phenomenal you know he's got the best non-penalty expected goals per 95 ratio in the entire league better than Erling Haaland wow. he's averaging nearly nearly one non-penalty expected goal per 95 minutes which shows you just the consistency with which he's getting on the end of chances um you know he, he, and if you continue doing that then you're going to regress to the mean and ultimately you're going to score the goals in line with what you you're expected to so I wouldn't be surprised if he has one game this season where he scores four or five goals because he'll just take all the chances that come his way um, and you know, for everyone, could who be this one. Finish. It could be, it could this, be one. this one. And for everyone who say who says it can't finish, you know, the guy scored twenty six times from chances equating to fifteen point seven xG last season for Benfica. So he's shown that he can massively overform his his underlying numbers, and that it can shows that he can finish chances. He's just having a little bit of a barren run, a little bit of you know negative variance, and and it won't take much for him to really start firing and maybe get into kind of Erling Haaland levels because that's the kind of number from a chance perspective he's getting on the end of um yeah it, it's frightening the underlying numbers he's putting up are frightening if he can match that then we could be in for a real battle um for the next couple of years from a golden boot perspective anyway a good cure for that scuffle facing danny ward i mean leicester city <laughs> have to go to get a goalkeeper don't they it just doesn't it's not sustainable for a side that 
you know, doesn't want to get dragged into that relegation battle. So we, we have multiple plays. Good start to this one. Uh, yeah. Liverpool and Leicester City. Let's move on to a game that might not feature as many goals. It's 18th place Wolves and 5th place Manchester United. Wolves, of course, that late winner over Everton, ate Nuri, uh, scored it to help Wolves crawl up the bottom of the table. Everton did have a superior XG in that game, by the way of 1.44 to 1.27, according to InfoGoal. Lopetegui does it again. I mean, you set this up nicely. Gillingham, Everton, win, win. Uh, it's Wolves' first win in their last six games in the Premier League, by the way. Ten goals scored by Wolves is still by far the worst in the Premier League. The second fewest uh, points away, but now they're back at home, uh, where they have the second worst XG at home. And five goals scored is the fewest in the Premier League as well. Their last home win came back on October 15th against two, the mighty Nottingham Forest, who've scored all of one goal away from home. Uh, Plaudits is 50-50. Good player. Uh, that'll be a miss if he can't go for Wolves uh, this weekend. United destroyed Nottingham Forest. 3-0 was the final. The XG of 2.09. This could have been five or six, honestly. Uh, Shaw was excellent playing center back. Um, we'll see. It should be Maguire and Varane again on this weekend. On the weekend, we'll see the status of players like Lindelof and McTominay. They're both out through illness. Maguire not good enough to go from the start as he's been battling sickness as well. Just one loss in their last 14 competitive games for Manchester United and four wins in all competitions, including another goal scored by Marcus Rashford, who's on some really good form, and Anthony Martial also finding the back of the net in that game. United have gone over two and a half goals in four of their last five games. Head-to-head, they both won 1-0 away from home uh, last season, and United Wolves, historically their games have been played very tightly. They've gone less than two and a half goals in seven of their last eight. Um, Wolves plus 318, a juiced up home dog in this game, minus 104 for a United win. Um, This game, United's inability to find the back of the net means that this game, even if you like United the way that they've been playing, it's hard to see that there's going to be some significant separation in terms of goals in this game. Uh, The total is set at two and a half, over at plus 106, under at minus 117. What's your feel? What's your outlook for Wolves United? Um, yeah, I think find this is quite a tough one to get a handle on. I think United are a fair price if you want to back them. I think they're playing well enough. Um, personally, I just think the the under two and a half goal line is, is looking at me um, and asking me to back it because not only are Wolves managed by a good defensive coach in Lopetegui, you know, the, the kind of you know, a game that they could win, a winnable game, if you like, at Everton. They managed to get three points. This is the game where if they get a point, it's a good result. Um, and I can see them being much more defensive and pragmatic in their approach um, in this match. And, and at the other end of the pitch, Man United have really, really stepped on the gas from a defensive standpoint. Last eight matches allowed just 0.9 expected goals against per game, which is really impressive. So I can see this being a little bit of a, compared to the Liverpool-Leicester game anyway, a little bit of a dull encounter in which you might see one maybe two goals so one or two and a half goals minus 117 is is my play in this one yep me too they've gone under two and a half in seven of their last eight i understand delo's out one basaka has done decent the last couple of games and yeah and and martina's not back but i mean there's depth at center back in this united side again i thought luke shaw was excellent playing alongside varan and 
with Rafael Varane and the team, like when this player goes out through injury, they're a different side. They've only conceded four goals um, in over 850 minutes that Varane has been on the field this season. That that That's a goal every almost every two and a half games. That's it that they're conceding with Varane and the team. So I, I'm not sure, you know, this game, the, the draw at plus 264, there's just not quite enough there for me. So yeah, under two and a half at minus 117. Yeah, no, I think we box that one. On to the next. Yes, uh, Newcastle leads. Uh, leads, depending on what happens with City leads. Well, I mean, they're in the top three, no matter what. They continue to roll. They smashed Leicester City with ease. Uh, three no is the final. One loss all season. Miguel Almiron scores another goal. And they smash Leicester City in terms of the XG as well. 2.13 to just 0.42. Uh, they haven't lost in 12 straight in all competition. They've scored three or more goals in five of their last nine games, this free-flowing attack. I mean, Isak, Wilson, they're not playing. That just means that more time for Chris Wood to go out and do his thing, and he's been effective as well. Newcastle undefeated at home. Five goals conceded in eight is the second fewest and fewest per game conceded at home in the Premier League this season. They haven't conceded in their last five games at home in all competitions, and they they also have the second-best home XG as well. Leeds, we're not sure where they stand playing City on Wednesday, Um, so this is going to be more about their form and where things stand. Uh, Tyler Adams will return from suspension. He was suspended for the game against City. He will come back into the team for this one. And their away form for Leeds, just one win in seven, Four points on the season, although they're middle of the pack in terms of XG and expected goals against as well in the season. Head-to-head, a 1-1 draw in this fixture last season. Uh, They've gone less than two and a half goals in six of their last eight times they played. Both teams to score, 4-5. Leeds don't have a clean sheet against Liverpool in their last 10. And Newcastle have been first to score in 5-7. of It's difficult not knowing how Leeds are going to come out of this gaming at City where they're a substantial underdog. They do still have injury t- injuries within the team as well, Jake. Um, difficult to get to kind of put your finger on the pulse. So I think that any play here that we can kind of give at this point is more to the strength of Newcastle heading into this game or rather than anything on Leeds. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I don't really care what Leeds do on Thursday, uh, Wednesday. If, if they meet Man City, I'd still be taking Newcastle minus one on the Asian handicap. Um, I think that they've shown me enough to suggest that they can deal with this kind of team, what I would see as a bottom six, bottom seven team very, very comfortably um, and dismiss them with relative ease. So, yeah, minus one on the Asian handicap, you can get minus 126. So the line's actually set at minus one and a quarter, but I'm just going to knock that down to minus one, which means that if Newcastle win by just one goal, we actually get a, a full stake back. And if we win by two goals, we get a winner. Um, yeah, they, you know, we, we, we keep singing the praises, don't we, every single week, Newcastle. Um, but yeah, rightly so, because only Arsenal from a, uh, a home perspective have racked up more expected points per game um, and only Arsenal post a better expected goal difference per home game. So, you know, they, they really are top of the tree pretty much across the board when playing at St. James's Park. It's become an absolute fortress. Their attack is scintillating at home. You've mentioned there how many times they've scored three plus goals. Uh, they're averaging 2.45 expected goals four per game, which is a staggering number. I mean, I remember when Steve Bruce was in charge and it was around 1.1. So they've, they've almost doubled that. Um, so they're, and they're much easier on the eye. 
Um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot to like about this Newcastle team. They've shown that even without key players, I think like like so Wilson didn't play the other day, so Maxman didn't play, and they still absolutely terrorised Leicester. So no questions to me as to what we're going to get from Newcastle um, and Leeds generally away from home, as you said, results aren't great. Um, and defensively, they've been pretty poor on the road. 1.9 expected goals against per game. So you've got a you know really poor defensive team when travelling, playing against one of the best attacking teams at home, should result in a fairly comfortable Newcastle win. Now, maybe you could explain to the listener, you know, instead of going with the handicap at one, at what did you say, minus 126? Is that what you said it was? Yeah, yeah. So you can also, it's also available on Pinnacle, uh, the handicap at minus 1.25 at a plus number at plus 108. What goes into your thinking of making a play on one rather than taking that extra juice uh, at plus 108? Yeah, I, I just like the extra security. Um, if I'm back in, um, what was it, plus plus one and a quarter, um, then it, you know the only way you actually win is if Newcastle win by two goals. Um, so if they win 2-0, 3-1. If they win by one goal, you only lose half your stakes. That's the kind of small bit of security you get. Whereas if you take a slightly shorter price at minus 126 um, with a minus one handicap and the game ends... 2-1 to Newcastle or 3-2 or whatever, then you actually get your full money back. Um, and if they win by two clear goals, you get a full win. So I just like the the added bit of security. I think it's worth that added, that extra bit of security um, taking a slightly shorter price just to, just to cover yourself, just in case. Because, you know, for, for all I've said about Newcastle and Leeds, we don't know what might happen. Yeah, Newcastle might get down to 10 men really early on and right. be, you know, be 1-0 up and go down to 10 men and then they're clinging on and then you're really happy that you've taken the minus one because you get your full stake back. Um, so yeah, that, that's just that's just my thinking. Um, I'm more than happy to take an, a, a shorter price, a minus number, um, if it kind of increases my chances of not losing money or, or right. winning money. I, I probably should have phrased that in a different way. Are there circumstances where you take that minus 1.25 over the one, or is it worth it? Or would you just rather, you know, get even more juice and bring it up to a goal and a half if you think it's going to be a two goal win? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I would do. Um, I take, I've taken a couple of quarter handicaps recently. I think I took Aston Villa um, plus three quarters last week. Um, it does have its, its benefits. It's, you know, it, I think personally, if if you've got a team that's a massive underdog, so in this game, for example, if if we're taking leads and trying to get them on side, um, and you know you've got you've got plus 0.5 for leads, you know, a big number plus 178, and you can add the extra quarter goal and still be on a big number at plus 147, then then I probably would look at doing that because you've got an extra quarter of a goal and the price hasn't moved too much. Um, Yeah, what I was kind of getting at these quarter goals, I typically. More often, we'll make a play, or almost always, we'll just make a play if it's with the underdog, with the favorite. It, it's very rare. I, I just I accept more juice or less juice um, if I like that team. So I, I like your play, um, but the the minus one point two five isn't anything that I would touch as well. If I really like them to go and win by two goals, um, I'll, I'll just make the one point five play. If not, I'll bring it down to the one and take a minus number. Um, I'm tapped. I think Newcastle wins this game. I have no problem taking up to 1.5, but rather than that, I'm going to go over three goals at plus 108. 
leads defensively. I'm sorry. They played the two, four threes before the world cup break. <laughs> like just watching them play it's amateur hour. Like Jesse Marsh loves to press and, and play. I, I like his style of play. It's very watchable, but it's very risky as well at times, especially with the personnel in this team and who this leads United side look to be missing uh, ahead of this crucial kind of run of fixtures. So, and you said it, Newcastle free free flowing free scoring especially at home as well so i'll take the over three for a full play at plus 108 here yep uh i think we're very much in line on that one um we're just very pro newcastle at the minute aren't we rightly so we are yeah and and the cash for me again last week when you could have had them to beat leicester city i mean that number still jumped off the page uh, at a plus number to go on and beat leicester city an inferior team to newcastle they're in a role um and they're doing exceptionally well and i look for that to continue especially at home this weekend uh let's call this next game the battle of the biggest surprises of this premier league season it's seventh place brighton hosting First place, top of the table, Arsenal at the Amex. Brighton coming off another win. Ho-hum beat Southampton 3-1, although they lost the XG battle 1.84 to just 0.91. Part of that had to do with the James Ward-Prost penalty that was saved and put in. But overall, Brighton were just very good, very clinical in attack. With no McAllister in the team, he looks to return coming off his World Cup victory. Um, 11 teams have more points at home than Brighton on the season. That, that's what's really surprising. They do have three wins in seven, and they lost to Aston Villa last time at the Amex. Although, you know, ex- expected goals against at home is just 5.6 in seven games played. It's the best expected goals against at home in the Premier League. So you think about this Brighton team that's, that looks to be more dynamic in attack. They've been excellent defensively at the Amex as well. This side has gone over the two and a half goal total in six of seven, and both teams have scored in six, six of seven as well. Caicedo is suspended, so they'll be losing a little bit of metal in the midfield ahead of this one, which could skew in Arsenal's favor because Party and Jacka have been excellent and continue to be on this season. They came from behind to beat West Ham. 3-1 was the final. Saka, Martinelli, uh, more goals for them. Odegaard was fabulous in that game, a 1.94 XG in that game as well. I should always repeat this, 13-1-1 on the season, the best expected goals against with 13 in 15 games played. That's an unreal number. The best away record, the best expected goal difference away from home as well, with the fewest goals against, conceding just four in eight away fixtures thus far. Head-to-head, Brighton beat Arsenal 3-1 in the the uh, EFL Cup back in November. Brighton hasn't lost to Arsenal in the last three times that they played. Uh, two goalless draws in this fixture last season. Uh, what do you make of this one? Because there's a lot of reasons to like both sides. Um, is this a more vulnerable spot against Arsenal? We documented last podcast. It's it's a very difficult stretch of games for Arsenal, and you're just kind of thinking, how long can they keep this up? Brighton plus two forty nine for the win, plus two sixty three for the draw. If you like Arsenal to win this game outright, plus 117 is there for the taking on Pinnacle.com. Yeah, I'm expecting quite a good game um, in this one from an entertainment perspective anyway. I think we've seen, or we're starting to see anyway, uh, the Roberto Di Zerbi effect, which is Brighton become even more fun to watch because there's more goals and more goal action. Um, You know, specifically against big teams as well. 
He's played, I think he's played four of the big six. Um, we've had a 3-3 at Liverpool. All right, they lost 1-0 at Spurs, which was disappointing. But 3-1 away at Man City, they were excellent that day. And then they beat Chelsea 4-1 as well. So, you know, there's, they've got the, the capability to score against the better teams, um, which I think is quite important when you're looking at, you know, betting lines like this. Um, so, yeah, I, I quite like the over 2.5 goal line. Um, you get minus 117 on that. And it is purely down to the fact that we are seeing Brighton be a little bit more expansive and a little bit more open. Um, you know, they're getting the best out of themselves going forward. They're creating more chances, scoring more goals, showing a clinical edge, which is quite nice. Um, but also leaving themselves a little bit more exposed. So they, they've actually not kept a clean sheet in five league games now. So all five have seen both teams to score and all five have gone over two and a half goals. Um, after, you know, there was a nil-nil draw against Forest in there and, and a two-nil defeat to Brentford before that, which they created over two expected goals and didn't score. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a really good team for the overs right now. Um, and I think Arsenal, they, you know, they were, they were really good against West Ham um, from a defensive standpoint. They were excellent. Take the penalty away and they just just 0.26 expected goals conceded. So, um, but, I, you know, I think that might say a bit more about West Ham than it does about Arsenal's defence. Um, and, you know, they, they, particularly away from home, they tend to try and keep things a little bit tight. Uh, it's not really, you know, it, it is the it is the way to win titles is try and keep things tight, but they've not come up against an attack like this um, just yet, particularly one that's buzzing, that's playing the way they're playing. Um, and and as you said, the the home results don't really reflect performances. Um, so they, they've scored just 1.57 goals per game, but their expected goals per game at home is 1.94. So it's close to two. So that they, you know, they, they should have scored more goals um, and they should have more points on the board than they do at home. So, I do quite like Brighton to, um, you know, maybe cause a bit of an upset. It might be it might be like a two-two draw or something like that. Uh, but I think the goals is the way to go. I'm going to watch this line. I don't have a play right now. I feel like a coward that I should be making <laughs> a play. I've been looking and searching for a reason to fade Arsenal, like for for quite some time. I was on West Ham um last week and they went up one nil i'm like here we go i had them on the handicap of plus a full goal and i just watching that game i think that might have had more to do with west ham than arsenal but i'm not quite sure because the processes and the way that they're playing is outstanding it's hard to knock arsenal rather than away games against tough teams like this where the goal is going to come from is Saka and Martinelli going to continue to be able to score goals at a clip that they have been at, at some time no Gabriel Jesus is going to come back and hurt this team is it this week potentially like my, my eyes are drawn to Brighton with a handicap a plus half a goal meaning a Brighton win or draw um then then you cash it's at minus 128. I do think that Arsenal will get some more juice and that number might be a little bit better by the time we get to kickoff. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it doesn't move. I'm not sure if I'm going to make a play, but I think it's a decent spot for a Brighton side that, you know, I, I don't know if they're undervalued anymore, but in a game against Arsenal, perhaps that will end up being the case. Yeah, I, I'd have no issue opposing um, Arsenal in this one. I would just like a little bit of a bigger price on that yeah, plus a half goal. Exactly. So, if, you know, if that's something that you're thinking, then I would hold fire, pull the trigger, maybe close to kickoff. Um, team news might affect that. People haven't realised that Casado isn't playing, for example. You might get a little bit of a bigger, a little bit of a bump in the Brighton favour. Um, but yeah, I, I just I think the overs is is for me 
for me anyways is the is the angle in just purely because Brighton have shown that the defense is pretty vulnerable um and you know Arsenal have shown that they've still got the capacity to score plenty of goals even without Jesus and I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams won maybe 3-0 and covered the goal line themselves um obviously that would be much more of a surprise if Brighton beat Arsenal 3-0 than the other way around um but that that wouldn't be a surprise at all if if one of the teams managed to hit three goals so I think it could be that open I don't have it in front of me and on pinnacle, the futures plays are locked off until uh, the city leads game is done and dusted today. But I joked around that. Well, maybe it wasn't a joke. I suggested last week that there might be some value in a Brighton top four play. And the more they play, the more I'm convinced that they can make a run <laughs> at the top four here. This is uh, a big so, game for that, that future. If they, yes. if they were to be Arsenal, that, that price might crash. But it, it also goes at the top of the table as well for league winner. Uh, the city leads game and this game will have the big knock on effect on that. So uh, keep your eyes on the future, uh, p- the futures options and plays that are available on pinnacle as well. That, that should be the game of the weekend. Um, let's move on to the final of our, of our feature five this week. It's fourth place Spurs taking on 12th place Aston Villa. This game will be played on new year's day. A great way to ring in the new year with a potential winner here. Uh, Spurs are fourth place, just a point better than Manchester United, but they have played uh, one more game than United as well. A 2-2 draw with Brentford after being down 2-0. Brentford, uh, 2.36 XG in that game to just 1.05 for Spurs. Harry Kane, another goal, 13-16. and The only player that's doing better right now is Erling Haaland. Uh, Lloris is looking to come back into the team, returning from World Cup duty. Romero and Bentancourt both likely to return into the Spurs 11 as well. Uh, Spurs, no losses in their last four, both teams to score in seven of eight. This is a crazy thing, and, and maybe this will be featured in one of our plays this week. They've been the first to concede in nine of their last nine games in all competition. They just concede first every game. They've gone over two and a half goals in their last five Premier League games. The third most home points, six wins out of eight, and the third most home goals. But only three teams have conceded more goals at home than Tottenham Hotspur. Aston Villa, 3-1 loss to Liverpool. Um, they gave him a 3.19 XG in that game to Liverpool, by the way. They had the fifth worst expected goals against in the Premier League as well. Just one will win away for Villa in eight and the third worst away expected goal differential. Uh, back-to-back league wins under Emery against United and Brighton. You're like, okay, here we go. But a big step back against Liverpool where they looked a million miles off it. They've got over two and a half goals in their last six games. Uh, Jacob Ramsey remains out. Uh, Emmy Martinez, the World Cup winning goalkeeper. Antics and all looks to be making his return for this one as well. Head-to-head Spurs with two wins last season. Villa no clean sheet in their last nine. More than two and a half uh, goals in five of the last six meetings between these two teams. And Spurs have actually scored first and been the first half winner in this fixture in in four of five. It's a rematch between the goalkeepers who featured in the World Cup final, and for a 3-3 game, both made key saves to take that game, um, you know, to penalties, extra time than penalties as well. Uh, so that's kind of an intriguing storyline within the story of this game. Spurs, the favorite, minus 142. It's a little bit surprising for me that 
the number is there, considering how bang average, in my personal opinion, this Spurs side actually is. Plus 320 for the draw, plus 401 um, for an Aston Villa away win. I've been saying this all year that Spurs have been overrated, overvalued. I, I think that they're regressing to the mean here. Back to where they should be. They're not a top top four side, in my opinion. Are they for you? Is this a good game for them against Aston Villa this time out? Um, I'm not sure if it's a good game. I, it's, I probably have the same view on Villa, um, even at, even after the poor performance against Liverpool, that, that they are a potential banana skin for these big teams because you know they have a really astute manager um, who knows how to manage in-game as well as pre-game. Good players as well. Um, they've got some quality in forward areas. So they, they can cause problems. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not quite as down on Spurs as you are, but it, I am on the decline from preseason, um, which you know I was quite bullish about the chances of finishing the top four. I don't think I think they've been hurt by injuries across the pitch. Um, you know they've they've, they've not had um, a front three available to them um, for most of the season. They've had Richarlison or, or and or Kulusevski out, um, and yeah, missing players at the back in midfield. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get fully fit, what they look like um, and how they play. But for the time being, I think the only thing to do when Spurs are playing is to back both teams to score because yeah. they they can't defend, um, but they can create and score a lot of chances. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're getting a minus 121. It might be a bit short for some, but it's right on the money for me. Um, that you know, That's exactly where I'll be putting my, putting my cash. Um, yeah, they they've literally, as you've said, they've they've seemed to have fallen apart defensively. They started the season okay, but these last what seven games, one, two, three, four, five, six, six games, they've conceded two or more goals in all of them, which is really really poor for a team that's got ambition to finish in the Champions League. And you know, it's something that Antonio Conte will be absolutely fuming with as well because he's very very much a uh, defense first coach try and build a solid platform and 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 you know score goals on the on the back of that so that that's the problem uh, both teams have scored in last five matches it's something that's happened regularly um and you know i i guess a lot of this bet is kind of leaning on aston villa playing in a similar manner to what they did last week which was take the game to liverpool and try and expose their defensive weaknesses um and you know they did that to some extent allison had to make a couple of really good saves they obviously got on the score sheet um and you know, I just hope that Emery has the same approach here because he, he the the weaknesses in Spurs' defence is obvious to see for everyone. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that Villa do try and have a go at them because I think I think if they do have a go at them, there's every chance to get a really positive result. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be quite a high-scoring game if that is the case. And you know, even even if Villa don't go as mental as they did last week, I still think that they'll create enough in a measured way to to be able to get on the score sheet and. And then at the other side, I actually can't see them stopping Spurs. They've got such, you know, immense quality in forward areas. Kulosevsky's now back fit. Son, Kane, well, they they could get a goal from anywhere uh, in that front three. And um, so yeah, I, I'm just really liking the look of both teams to score. Um, the, the the line did tempt me as well, um, two point seven five. But um, I think you know, again, if you're taking both teams to score, or if you think there's going to be that many goals, then the chances are you, you, when these two teams are as evenly matched as they are, it's not quite a big disparity. Um, then the chances of both teams scored definitely increase. So that that's for me a safe play. I'm waiting for official news that Emmy Martinez is back in this team, and then I'll make 
uh, an Aston Villa player with a handicap. I, I just want, you know, he's a difference maker as a goalkeeper. It's not just penalties. He's just a very good goalkeeper, despite the mind games and, and some of his antics post-match as well. And in the parade, like when it comes down <laughs> to it, he's a, he's, he's a good goalkeeper, but I, I'm doing a half like here because I basically have to, I, I, I'm shocked Spurs to score first um, in this game is at minus 185. Can't back that. They 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 concede the first goal in the last nine games that they played. Aston Villa plus two eleven to score first. Thank you very much. I'm going to make a half play because this trend is going to continue. There's there's two ways that betters look on this. It's like you're at the roulette table. Red, red, red. It's going to go black at some point. Well, for Spurs, it simply does it. It's stuck here. Like they're a poor defensive team. Lloris coming back into this team does not change that. Romero coming in, marginal marginal improvement. Their, their, their fullback play is absolutely abysmal. And if Villa can attack them in wide areas, they can score more than one goal in this game, quite frankly. Uh, I kind of lean to over the total, but let's just make that my one play in this game. A half play, Aston Villa to score first at plus 211. May the trend continue, please and thank you. <laughs> How else do you how else do you describe it other than that you know Spurs are that poor defensively? No, 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 no. Yeah. There's nothing that Antonio Conte is going to say or do that's going to change the way that he plays or change the makeup of this group defensively. There just isn't. And at plus two eleven, when this has happened the last nine times they played, some of them against inferior teams in Aston Villa as well. So I'll just make that my play and hope that that that, that trend continues. So yeah, it's quite concerning for Spurs just. You know, I guess you've got quite a few recent examples in the league anyway of them almost falling 2-0 down and then having to claw out of a hole, which is just ridiculous. You know, it happened against Man United, it happened against Newcastle, Bournemouth. happened against Bournemouth, happened against Liverpool. The only one it didn't happen against was Leeds, who I think it was only 2-1 and then 3-2, they went behind and had to come back again. Um, so they make a real, they made a real habit of, um, you know, leaving themselves a lot of work to do. Obviously it happened on Boxing Day as well against Brentford, so... Um, yeah, no, no, oh, no, yeah, I, I can jump on board that. I think that's a big number. <laughs> Plus 211. Come on, it, it's, it's just too good to and listen. To if Villa score first, then my both teams to score bets looking even better. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they go hand in hand to, yeah. to a successful overall betting day. So, uh, let's roll through the remaining five games, kind of rapid fire style 16th place West Ham take on 10th place Brentford. This game will be played on the 30th. Brentford coming off that 2-2 draw with Spurs. Ivan Tony. I, I don't know if the suspension's coming his way, but he's been outstanding. He's scored goals in three straight games. Both teams to score 5-5 five of five for Brentford, by the way, in all competitions. West Ham, David Moyes, get it together. Lost 3-1 to Arsenal. Four league losses in a row and five losses in their last six. Losses at home in recent vintage to Palace and Leicester City as well in their last two home games. Just 13 goals scored in 16. But overall, they're ninth in XG. Brentford won both games against West Ham last season. Anything you like in this one? Um, not really, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've said before, haven't we, that Brentford are a team to get on side at home, not so much away from home. But if I was to lean, I would be taking Brentford on the handicap because this West Ham team looked bang out of sorts at the minute. Yeah, I, I, I want to make a home play with West Ham. I can't. I got burned last week. I'm not going to make that mistake again. No bet for me 
in this one. Uh, 14th place, Bournemouth, and 11th place, Palace. Bournemouth, the 2-0 loss at Chelsea. Uh, three wins from eight at home, despite just a 7.5 XG in those eight games. It's time for the worst expected goal differential at home in the Premier League. They did beat Everton. However, their last two games um, at home, uh, back-to-back before the World Cup break. Perhaps some Michael B. Jordan home form. Like he was at Stanford <laughs> Bridge, you know, going back to Bournemouth. Perhaps that will give him a little bit more of a punch. Forget the reference there. Oh, I'll leave it at that. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Palace, a 3-0 loss to Fulham. The thing was, two sending offs. Um, Mitchell and Tompkins means that both are out for the next game. So it wasn't just the game against Fulham. is what it might mean for this game as well when you're missing two of your four at the back. Just 15 goals in 15 games this season. One win in seven away games this season. Um, Palace overall head-to-head. Uh, no goals conceded in their last three to Bournemouth. Do you have a play in this one? I do, yeah. I'm going to take uh, both teams to score no. So just opposing both teams scoring. Um, it's a bet that's landed in 75% of Bournemouth home matches, 57% of Palace away matches. So quite a high click rate. We're getting minus 104 for this. And both teams, when playing home and away respectively, averaging less than one expected goals for per game. So two struggling attacks when they play at uh, home and away. Um, and yeah, I, I can see this being quite a dire game, to be honest, that's settled by maybe one goal. I really want to back Crystal Palace at plus 162. Do you see enough in this man. team, Jake? Do you f- see enough in this Palace team? Like, with the with the talent they have in this group, they should be much better than they've been playing, shouldn't they? They should, yeah. I, I like Palace. I like them for, since the start of the season. Um you know, this is a kind of a softer bit of the schedule. They messed up the last game against Fulham. Uh, I would be leaning towards them to win this, but Bournemouth have, have proven to be a little bit more, a little bit tougher at home, particularly uh, than away from home in recent games. Obviously, beating Everton, they ran Tottenham really close. Uh, narrowly lost to Southampton. They beat Leicester, drawn with Brentford, drawn with Wolves. Um, yeah, hammered by Arsenal, but beating Villa. So they've got some good results and some decent home form in there. And, and the fact that they're Defensive process is it's it's not great. It's at one point four expected goals against per game, but it is far superior to when they travel. Suggests that they do tighten things up a little bit at home. So I'd be a little bit wary personally of, of backing Crystal Palace, um, given what we've seen from them away uh, from home. Anyway, yeah, well, I, I'm tempted at plus one sixty two to make a play on Palace. Stay tuned on that one at Gareth Wheeler. I'll, I'll let you know if I do make it officially <laughs> official. I'm not willing to go there quite yet. Perhaps I need some more of the New Year's cocktails in order to get me to make that play. But I, I'm tempted at Palace. Bournemouth are just not it for me. I think they're relegation fodder. Um, Fulham, ninth place. Uh, welcome Southampton. Bottom of the table, 20th place Southampton. To Craven Cottage, Fulham won 3-0 over Palace. Tim Ream scored his first Premier League goal. Congratulations, Tim Ream. And Mitrovic just keeps on finding the back of the net. 10 goals in 13 games this season. Fulham, ching ching just ride that train. Over two and a half goals in 13 of 14 games. You can thank me later. Three wins at home from seven as well. And the best, the seventh best uh, XG at home on the season. They've been great despite them having the biggest, the worst expected goals against at home as well. Funny how that happens. Southampton, they're in dire straits. 3-1 home loss to Brighton. Uh, No clean sheets in their last seven in all competitions. Both teams to score. 
have come through six out of seven and the first concede in their last seven games, four straight Premier League losses and no clean sheets, like I said, in, in their last seven in all comps. Um, Southampton haven't lost in their last four to Fulham, but the context here, the Saints team need to do something to switch it up. And the managerial change going from Ralph Hasenhutl to Nathan Jones doesn't seem to have done the trick. Uh, are you backing Fulham in this game? You can get them at for a win at plus 105, or is there a res- response coming from uh, the, the Saints um, traveling to London for this game? No, I'm taking Fulham. Um, Pre-season, if you'd have shown me this line, I'd have said that the bet was to take Southampton any kind of way you could. But from what we've seen from both teams, uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to ride with Fulham at a plus number. I think they've shown, particularly in attack, that they are a team to be feared. And and in in a game against the Southampton side that struggled to score, if they score twice, they probably win a game Fulham. Um, And, you know, all the underlying metrics point to the fact that at home, if you remove the games against the big six, um, they've actually averaged 2.2 expected goals for per game. So when the rest have been coming in, you know, the rest being everybody apart from big six, they've had no problems creating chances, have Fulham. Uh, and I expect it to be exactly the same, especially against the Southampton team who have been all over the place defensively. They've conceded three times uh, in both the matches under Nathan Jones in the league. Uh, and attacking has been really poor. Just less than one expected goal per away game is what they're averaging. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to like about Fulham this week. It's my weekly Fulham overplay, but it's coming with a twist. It's over the total of two and a half and both teams to score at plus 109. That's my play. Both teams are dreadful defensively. Both teams can score. I think Southampton has to come out and play for a win. Like, these are the games that they circle, promoted side, um, I know that Fulham done well, top half the table, congrats, kudos. But still, I think this is a game that you circle as a winnable game for Southampton, at least on paper, maybe not in practice. So I look for them to come out and maybe force the issue a little bit. So over the two and a half goal total and both teams to score at plus 109. Uh, Man City and Everton, uh, we're recording this podcast before City leads. We can tell you that City won seven from eight at home. They're only lost to Brentford. 30 goals scored at home. Eight more than anyone else in the Premier League this season. Everton coming off that 2-1 loss to Wolves. Winless in their last six in all competitions. Back-to-back losses to Bournemouth and Wolves. Doesn't look good for Frank Lampard, does it? One win from eight away as well with the worst expected goals against away from home as well. I guess a... Small benefit of this game, Connor Cody does return to the Everton defense. Good luck. Everton have lost four in a row to City and haven't scored over that span as well. Um, Again, much like the Newcastle-Leeds game, this is going to be more about City than it is uh, 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 how good they are rather than Everton. What what do you make on this one, a game that's going to be played on New Year's Eve? Um, No bet for me on this one. I, just, I think that the, everything looks pretty accurate from a pricing perspective. The handicap's a little bit too big for me to think about getting involved at minus two and a quarter. Um, the goal line's a little bit high as well at 3.5. I know we, we we could easily see City covering that goal line themselves, but you'd have to think that Everton's Everton's main priority heading to the Etihad is to try and be difficult to beat. And, you know, if they're set up in a quite a defensive manner, then we might see a kind of a comfortable City 2-0 win. Um, so yeah, there's too too many things for me. Um, nothing really took my fancy, so it's a no bet. 
Same play for me, especially I'm a little bit reluctant not knowing how City leads will play out, which if you tune into last week's podcast, I'm expecting a resounding, a thorough, and a big City victory in that game. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the final game of the week. It's also on New Year's Day. Nottingham Forest, 19th place, taking on 8th place Chelsea. Forest coming off a 3-0 loss at United. A snap three straight wins in all competitions, but away from home, not very good. At home, marginally better. Uh, Dean Henderson back in the team. Uh, Wayne Hennessy was not it and will never be it for any Premier League side going forward from Hare. Undefeated in five at home, including a win over Liverpool for Nottingham Forest as well. Uh, Chelsea, a 2-0 win over Bournemouth, but it cost them Reese James, who's done his knee again. Significant blow for Grant Potter's side. They just scored two goals over their five previous games. Good to see both Havers and Mount score in that one. Ziyech and Kovacic likely to return from World Cup duty. And Chelsea, they have, however, lost their last three away in all competitions. Head-to-head, Chelsea, five straight wins, but I haven't played for quite some time with Forrest just gaining promotion here. Chelsea, minus 142 for an away win, plus 297 for the draw, plus 438 for a home win for Nottingham Forest. Final play of the weekend. Do you have a final play, Jake? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Forest with a plus one goal start. Um, so it's, again, it's a little bit shorter. Might not be for, for everybody. It's at minus 140 at the minute. Um, you know, the, the actual line set at minus uh, at three quarters, but I'm happy to take, again, take a shorter price for that extra bit of security. Um, yeah, I think this is a good spot for Forest. I know they were absolutely tragic against Manchester United at Old Trafford, but they have done the best work at home compared to away from home. And um, you know, their expected goal difference per home game is at minus 0.12, which it, you know is minus, but it's still the 14th best in the league, so the 17th worst. Um, and you know that that might not sound really good, but they're playing against a Chelsea team who have the 12th best away record from an underlying numbers perspective. Uh, they're going at minus 0.48 expected goal difference per away game, which is really, really poor for a, a top four contender, if you like. Um, you know, they they were good against Bournemouth, I guess. Um, they weren't flashy. It was more controlled. Um, but I think this is a different kind of kettle of fish altogether. They'll be going to a, a raucous crowd, um, you know, the city ground. They'll be massively up for it. They have been the last... Well, ever since they've come back to the Premier League, I mean, even 2-0 defeat to Spurs, they were excellent. The crowd, uh, obviously against Liverpool, they were massively involved in that 1-0 win. Um, and yeah, since Graham Potter took charge, Chelsea's away process is, uh, is you know, firmly what we would call a bottom six process where they've uh, generated less than one expected goal per away game and they've allowed nearly 1.8 expected goals against per away game. So that there's, there's a, a lot not to like about Chelsea. Um, and you know, Forrest, as I've said, do the best work at home. And, and the news about Reese James only really increases my uh, yeah. confidence in this bet because not only is he one of the better defenders, but he's also one of their big creative outlets down the right hand side. And if you take him out of the team, you're relying on you know Azpilicueta right back or you know changing formation to a three. Um, and yeah, that that only really hinders Chelsea uh, and their pro- progress anyway. So quite happy to 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 get Nottingham Forest on side. Uh, no bet for me. I, I understand the logic behind it. Don't like either one of these teams, to be fair. 
but both teams for me, much more interesting what's going on off the field than anything that they do on it. So <laughs> I'll just keep on watching the transfer rumors and seeing who might be next to be brought into these both these teams too much change too soon, too quickly, too many question marks. Um, nothing there for me in this one. So I'll pass. Did you share your best bet of the week, Jake, or do you um, want to claim one? Yeah, I'll, I'll lay one out. I've just written them all down now. So let me, we'll go with, I, I like quite a few this week. Um, they're both <laughs> to score shouts in, in the Liverpool Leicester and, and the, the Villa Spurs games are probably my two favorites. But um, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Liverpool Leicester game. Both teams to score uh, minus okay. one twenty three. I, I think that's probably my my favourite bet of the week. So okay. double the stake on that one for me when it comes right to for the record. I, uh, I I tempted to go Fulham both teams to score and the over was Southampton, but with that variable, I won't make that my best bet. Mine will be the Wolves Manchester United under two and a half goals. That's my. Best bet of the week as well. Um, make sure you tune into the podcast each and every week. Follow Pinnacle on Twitter, on YouTube, and all your social media challenges. Go to pinnacle.com for betting resources and the Premier League betting um, predictions articles each and every week. As always, please gamble responsibly and bet within your limits. He is Jake Osgathorpe. Does a great job sporting life info goal as well at Jake Oz two Zeds on Twitter myself at Gareth Wheeler as well. Best of luck, Jake, and happy new year to you and yours. And we'll do this all again in 2023. How does that sound? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> that year's flown very quickly, hasn't it? 22. Uh, but yeah, same to you. Have a good new year, and you know, speak when the uh, yeah when the digit goes up to 2023. 2022 was a profitable one. Let's hope that 2023 starts off with a bang as well. This has been EPL Insights, courtesy of Pinnacle with data provided by InfoGoal.